Welcome everybody to Podcast of the Week Season 2. Yes, I'm just going to keep saying it. I'm just going to keep saying it because it's a real thing. Of course it's a real thing. How are you doing? I hope you've had a happy new year. I hope you had a Merry Christmas. Though I probably said that to you last time, but it's been New Year since. So, happy new year. I hope you have some resolutions that are achievable and, I don't know, if you don't, probably that's better off because arbitrarily deciding the start of a year is the start of a new plan is probably a recipe for disaster in the first place. My usual New Year's resolution is to be slightly less bad than I was last year, which I'm not sure I did last year, but hopefully this year, this year's the year, I'm telling you. Wrestle Kingdom aired, really good show, top to bottom. Tetsuya Naito lost in a shocking main event. The really, really good main event. That finishing sequence was so good. It was the best of wrestling. It was as good as wrestling gets. I'm not even joking. That is as good as pro wrestling gets. And Jericho had a great performance and Suzuki had a Suzuki match instead of whatever else he has 90% of the time. And I don't even like Suzuki, but we'll, we'll fight about me not liking Minoru Suzuki some other day. Or 3K, great. The Bucks are great. Kota Ibushi is great. New Japan has a very interesting looking year ahead of it. So yeah, that's Wrestle Kingdom. A really good show. Today, Ken. He's back from the Philippines. Fair enough, he was back from the Philippines since, I don't know, like September. But he's back on Podcast of the Week to talk all about Star Wars. Except we spend 20 minutes talking about Doctor Who and then other assorted things. Which is fun. Anyway, here's me and Ken talking about, eventually, Star Wars The Last Jedi. Welcome back to Podcast of the Week. Hello, Ken's alive. I am indeed alive. There's very little proof that you're actually alive based on like your internet presence over the last, like I don't know, six months. People might have assumed you're dead. Well, to be fair, Gar, based on the listens we got when we were an internet presence, maybe people wouldn't have known either way. Ken, are you suggesting that our podcast was not popular? Because that is blasphemy. It was fairly popular in uh, obscure parts of the, the world, like Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Um, Most they, of our Facebooks like seem to come from India. Yeah. Like a lot of, like, well, India is a big country, so the odds are it would reach there somehow. I yeah, guess. all one billion of them, I suppose, yeah. Yeah. We're big in India. Sure. Where? Well, What's well, weird these days, Ken? <laughs> well, Gar, um, Gar is angry at me because I temporarily shut down the network. I, I didn't have a problem with that. I kind of understood that you weren't going to pay for it while nothing was on it. But then all the podcasts disappeared. And I was like, oh, I don't like that at all. Yeah. <laughs> so I immediately paid for it while on the podcast with Tanner that you people heard last week. On the free version, they kind of cap the, the amount of uploads you're allowed to have. Yes, there was two. There was two, the most of two, the, the, me and Barry and me and Tanner from June, those were left and the rest were gone. And I was like, oh, where have all my podcasts gone? Our entire back catalogue eradicated for the sake of nine euros a month. Thanks, SoundCloud. Yeah, SoundCloud, you suck. It's back now, though. I'm sure everybody noticed. I'm sure there was like, I, I haven't checked my Twitter mentions recently again, but I'm sure there's dozens of tweets about, oh, I wanted to listen to Podcast Today, episode 150, but I couldn't today because the SoundCloud feed is down. Have the hashtag numbers exploded since our return, Gar? Um, sure. Let's pretend they have. That's definitely a thing that's happened. How are you? I'm good. Christmas was nice. You left the country for four months. I did. I was, I was going to talk about Christmas, but I, I went and moved to the Philippines for four months. Mm. And I lived there and worked also. Although, if you ask the immigration, I just uh, travelled. A, a very long holiday. Nice. A, a very long holiday, exactly. A nice, as the Americans would call it, a vacation, Ken, in the Philippines. Which is, what part of Asia, Gar? Uh, Trivia. Southeast. Well done. Yes. That's, I nailed it. I'm good at geography. I got a B2 in my leaving certain geography. Or was it a B1? It was one or the other. 
I think it was the B1, actually. Yeah. For context, B1 is... The third best grade you can get. Yeah. Although they've changed the grades now, haven't they? They have H1 and H2. I don't like it. It's strange. I don't know. I don't like change. I, don't, I, I inherently reject change. But yeah, Christmas, you abandoned us. We ta- I talked about this with Tanner on last week's show, that you abandoned us for Christmas. Well, Gar, I've been in a relationship for three and a half years now. And this was our... Oh, has it been that long? Yeah. Good God. And this is our fourth Christmas. <coughs> Pop the question. <laughs> <coughs> no, no thanks. This was... Oh, love you. If she's listening. <laughs> she's not going to listen. It's no, fine. No, she doesn't. She pretends that she does, but she doesn't. She was like a associate producer on this podcast at one day, one time. When for she, like the first episode, I when think it she, was. she used to help set up, like, yes. like the lovely. She was, she's been on this podcast. Well, not this podcast, but she's been on this network. She has, but we cut it. Did we? Yeah, but we didn't cut the interview. The interview. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> Sorry, she did the quiz as well, which we caught. If there was a quiz as part of episode one of the weekend show that uh, Ken caught, I think it's because she was mad that she lost. I think. I think that's the official weekend show lore. That's what the, the lore is, but also the audio was irretrievable. So. Yeah. Well, some would argue most of our audio is irretrievable, but that hasn't stopped oh. us before. <laughs> Self put downs. Yeah, you abandoned us for Christmas, so we had a, a happy, jolly Christmas with an empty space at the table. We set up, a, like, a, an inflatable doll with your face on it. It's like there's Ken. Yeah, probably adds to the conversation more than I do anyway. Oh! Self-burn. A lot of, self, a lot of self-deprecation yeah. and sadness here today. But as I said, three and a half years, well, we got together in June, so this is, this is our fourth Christmas, and mm. um, we kind of did our own thing the last couple of years and went our separate ways, but we kind of had to do our own thing, and then it came to, down to a thing of do we choose and all that and then we didn't want to either of the mammies to be upset so we just decided to do our own thing but your own thing involved one of the mammies didn't it no was Nicole's parents not there no oh okay so who's who's there for your Christmas then my B, uh, my GPFFs Alder and Rob okay that's it yeah honey, honey my, my dog yes runt oh that's a new thing yeah king of the dog I hate it it's horrible I've, I've talked about the dog on podcasts before has she, has she... Oh, yeah, we've done podcasts since we cancelled the weekend show. It's not cancelled. It's sure. on semi-permanent, sort of, yeah. could be back sometime hiatus. Listen, this is... this is. Uh, I talked about this last week as well. This is season two of Podcast of the Week to explain my four-month absence, um, which I had about a three-month absence before that. But this is season two. We're back. And I will... And you see, I'm recording episodes in advance, Ken. By the end of next week, I'll have, I think, about four episodes recorded. So at least up until January, the show is back. And you can't say otherwise. So this is one of your New Year's resolutions where you start good, but then it trails off mm. into oblivion. I'm hoping to get like four to six episodes done by the second week of January. I've scheduled, like I'm doing two more on Tuesday. So there's a minimum of four, assuming those come off. And then there's two more that are in rough scheduling phases. So there should be at least six episodes with uh, two guests that haven't been on before, I think. Exciting times ahead for your, your many listeners here in Afghanistan and India. Yeah. And all the, the 15 over to 20 people that listen to podcasts a week, every single week, on soundcloud.com forward slash TWSKK. Plugs. Actually, the last time I did the outro, which I haven't actually done the outro for the episode that's going up today's recorded this last week as I got the uh, timelines. But last time I did the outro, I forgot the outro. It's been so long since I've done the outro. An outro that I've done literally 200 times, Ken. I forgot it. I was like, what's the links? And what's the what's my Twitter again? Careful, you tweet like... Dozens of times a day. Listen, pal, I tweet like 10 to 15 times a day, usually. Sometimes as low as 5, but usually probably 10 to 15. Okay. Not dozens, though it can be dozens. Feels like dozens. Listen, just that you don't have any Twitter followers and you're unpopular, just 
don't take that out on me. I I don't, I don't really tweet on Twitter. I just retweet things. Yeah. Mostly involving me. And look at look at oh yeah, you write for the Vox Pro website. Yeah, Vox Pro powered by Telus International. That you know, Gar. Sure. Gar, you must be like Doctor Who at the moment because you're doing all these different podcasts and different timelines that you're kind of mixing up your timelines. Yeah. Well, the podcasts will go up in the order I've recorded them, more than likely. So at least that's some way to maintain it in my head. But yeah, I haven't put up the episode with Tanner, which you'll have heard a week ago by now, which will go up today, and then this will go up next week, and I'll have recorded two podcasts by the time this goes up next week. And yeah, it's a timeline. There's there's a live on-air production meeting with uh, executive producer Ken. Tanner's an associate producer. Get over it, Tanner. Yeah, get over it, Tanner. So technically, because I now pay for the network, shouldn't I just demote you? You were you were executive producer based on funding rather than contributions to the network. Yeah, I think my historical contribution is enough to at least hold on to that title for now. Yeah, I guess. I guess I'm going to force you out. Force me out of my own company, which your, isn't even a company. Your podcast enterprise. The weekend show will be back, Gar. Sure. We might have to replace you as co-host because you don't want to do it with me anymore. With Robot Liz. Robot Liz. Robot Liz. Hello, I'm Robot Liz. Welcome to the weekend show with Robot Liz. One is amused. Good old Robot Liz. So, we're going to talk about Star Wars, but I figured Doctor Who aired. We should talk about that for a little bit we first. Should. And uh, spoilers, when we're talking about Star Wars, we're going to go full spoilers. If you haven't seen it by now, what's wrong with you? We're going to go full spoil, so we will give you another warning shortly, but we will probably do that not. after we talk probably about... probably going to blurt out, like, Darth Vader's Luke's father, like, and then just start shouting things, like Han Solo died. What? These are all old Star Wars spoilers. You can't give out about these ones. Those are, like, two years old. Yeah. When, I was thinking about that on Twitter. Like, when is the acceptable, like... You you can say Luke or, or Darth Vader is Luke's father. You can say that out in the open now. But like it's been two years since the Force Awakens, and the big spoiler in that film is Han Solo dies. What's like the acceptable amount of time that you can't just blurt out? Oh yeah, Han Solo dies in that film. I feel like it's like this might sound strange and, and obscure, but when it leaves the cinema. But like I feel like general spoilers. That's true. But like a big one. Like you know something as big as oh yeah, Han Solo dies. Yeah, <laughs> let's just talk about that. I suppose it just comes down to kind of an etiquette where if you're about to reveal a, a whopper of a spoiler, you're just going to go, quick check in when you've seen it. Anybody want to know? Yeah. Cover your ears Anybody know that Eris dies in Final Fantasy VII? Eris dies. I'm just blurting things out now, Ken. Yeah. That's a 20-year-old game. It is tw- no, a 21-year-old. Yeah, 96, 97. Yeah. I think 97 for the... Oh, yeah, we're, we're in the last days of freaking 2017. Well, how was your year? It was good. I spent a good chunk of it in Southeast Asia, as we mm. talked about. Uh, which kind of threw my year off because like the beginning of the year and the end of the year seemed to come very quickly but only because there was that kind of interlude where I wasn't here hmm. so I was living my life it's not like I just like took a like a, it's not like, took a, like a cryogenic sleep for four or, months or isn't it like an alternate time stream or anything talking about Doctor Who in a moment but it just feels like this year was shorter because I was not, like the, the Irish parts of my year were like so were relatively short so it's kind of are you like racist where like the non-Irish parts of your year don't count? I wiped it out of my mind. <laughs> Fair enough. No, it just feels like a different thing, but it almost feels like it's not in the same year, even though it is. It's kind of weird. Mm. Are you, do you miss the warm weather of the Philippines? I do not. I don't, like, literally you shower and you like leave the house and you just start sweating immediately. We're cold weather climate people. Or, well, mild weather, really, most of the time. But it's cold at the moment. I don't like it, though. I'm wearing shorts because I always wear shorts because I'm a doof. It's quite mild. I would say it's mild for winter. Mm. Peter Capaldi's dead. He is dead. 
Uh, well, we probably should. No, it's not a spoiler because they. That's that's, the, that's that's not a spoiler, especially because they announced he's leaving before he left, like a so, good year in advance. So that definitely removes the fact that he's no longer on the show as a spoiler. There's not any huge spoilers. Oh, by the way, Peter Capaldi's not actually dead. His no. doctor is dead. Just in case you were like Peter Capaldi, is that why they replaced him? <laughs> but um, in terms of an episode, it's not huge amounts to spoil. Actually, There's no, it wasn't huge. a big plot episode, which is good. I don't like when they're like, "Oh, we have to do a big plot." People give out about that, like finales. It's like, "Oh, the finale had no plot." It's like you don't need a plot in finale. You just need to tie a little character arcs in a knot and say bye. Like forgetting about the fact that it was a regeneration episode, which kind of become a tr- Christmas tradition at this stage when a doctor is leaving. Mm. What, do you th- what did you think of it as a, a Christmas special in general comparing it to the others? It was really good. I just yeah. like Peter Capaldi gallivanting around and saying things with his mouth. Yeah, I mean... That's all I want out of Doctor Who. I just want, like, Peter Capaldi specifically, because he's very good. And what's what's the name of the person who's replacing him? I haven't, like... Jodie Whittaker? Jodie Whittaker. I, uh, she, she had literally two words. Yeah. Which is, I think, the least any doctor has had since the, the new, the new regime. Oh yeah, usually it's a couple of minutes of faffing about, but uh, yeah. absolutely nothing, got uh, nothing out of it. Which I think was the most disappointing thing from the episode. It's like I have no gauge of her doctor because literally there was nothing to gauge. She said some words, fell out of the TARDIS, and we're back next year. I suppose that is a major spoiler. She did. Uh, fall out of the TARDIS. Uh, and... Well, that's that's what happens every time. The TARDIS blows up and the Doctor's going to die, but then the Doctor doesn't die. Spoilers for the first episode of Doctor Who. Yeah. Actually, yeah. <laughs> she gets one episode. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That would cause such rage yeah. if she regenerated into someone else after. It's like, you had your woman, you're happy now. But, like, the flow of sexist tweets that came out oh, well, yeah. directly afterwards, it was almost like, as soon as, as soon as the regeneration happens, people were wait, waiting to hit send. Like, one of the jokes was, uh, lol. They had their scheduled tweets. Exactly. Excuse me, Gary. I was making a point. Sorry. Uh, one of the jokes was, lol, the turret is kicked around. <laughs> that's mean. That was very mean. It's not a podcast with you, and that's uh, like cut you off. That's You know that's how it works. Something that people have been talking about that's quite interesting. She's been going to be keeping her northern accent. Mm-hmm. So um, it's the second northern doctor. Well, technically third if you include Peter Capaldi, because Scottish Scotland is northern Britain. Yeah. So, like, Yorkshire, to be exact, is, is kind of what we're mm. going to have for the next doctor. Um... Is she gonna have? She's gonna have three companions. That's already been revealed. A young one is Bradley Walsh. Yeah, a young Bradley Walsh. Yes, he's, Bradley Walsh, who you forget is actually an actor. Yeah, he is. now he's kind of a game show host, but he does act from time to time. Well, yeah, he's, he cut his teeth in soaps, didn't he? Yeah, but he but he seems uh, he seems like uh, I think he's gonna be the main companion as well. Mm. Um, so that seems some interesting. And then there's a young black man, and there's a young Indian man. So a uh, woman, sorry. Diversity. diversity that's going to make people even angrier uh, it's one diversity. thing to, to, like the people's some people's big problem with Star Wars which we're going to talk about in a minute but like oh it's too diverse a film about aliens in space and different creatures and species was why too diverse black people? why are there black and Asian people in space <laughs> yeah ridiculous but um, as an episode it was interesting I found it I found it odd that there was no main villain or anything like that the, well yeah I, I, I did like that line though when he finds out it's like it's not some malicious plot he's like I don't know what to do when there's not an evil plan yeah so that was kind of it did subvert the kind of whole there has to be a big baddie and that, that was kind of interesting uh, one thing you touched on then there Gar, it did kind of follow similar beats to the last couple of regenerations like mm. you know so like the doctor kind of resisted regeneration for some reason insisted on regenerating the TARDIS even though uh, and well, obviously, we've come to know that a large amount of energy is being released when someone regenerates. So it's not a good idea to in, 
to to regenerate in any in an enclosed space, even if it is bigger on the inside. Yes. But the TARDIS uh, has crashed due to regeneration before. Exactly. It's not like there's not precedent here, Doctor. So Should just step outside, blow up some polar ice caps, and then walk back in. Exactly. So he was resisting regeneration, which made it worse. And the last time Matt Smith was starting a new cycle, which kind of was quite unstable. And stuff like I know that. they do it because, like, they blow up the TARDIS so they can have a nice fancy TARDIS redesign for the new Doctor. Yeah. And that's why they do it every time. But still, it was kind of, it felt kind of lazy in the way in which they did it. You know. Um, in terms of the regeneration scene, Gary, what were your thoughts on that? I liked his big speech. It was nice. I, I was reading that, like, it was, in the context of the show, it was him giving a speech to his predecessor. But it kind of felt like Stephen Moffat giving a speech to, who's taking over, Chris? Oh. Chibnall? Chib- Chibnall. Yeah, that's his name. He, he's, it felt like, you know, him laying out that this is the character. Don't you, like, abandon these characters, these, like, tenants, pardon the pun, of the character. As a Christmas episode, I thought it was nice. I thought it kind of... I think it explored the whole, you know, I don't want to regenerate, maybe, you know, Doctor maybe wanting just to call it quits and say, look, maybe it's time for me to die. Like, he's been mm. around for 1,200 years. He's I, sick of everybody dying, which is understandable. Because, well, actually, no, very few of them actually die. But for some reason, they're severed from him in a, a way that cannot be solved, either through alternate universes. They'll blow up if they see him, which is, what's her name's? Donna's. I think that's the way that works. If she sees the doctor, she'll cause like a nuclear explosion or something. Yeah, no, I think it would just burn her brain up because she has too, she, all, she has too much knowledge in her brain. Sure, well. that's logical. Uh, Martha, Martha's in an alternate universe, isn't she? Yeah. Um, yeah. Clara's off in space. Bill is off having a puddle romance. Yeah. That this is just like no. God damn it! Kills some people. Rory and what's her name got stuck in the past. Eventually died after a long and happy life. Yeah. So but God damn it, Doctor he, Who kills some people. He's had a lot of trauma the last few years. I I thought it, I thought they kind of touched on it, but I thought they could have delved into the him kind of re, like really kind of gone hit home into him wanting to die, and then in the end it was kind of like oh I don't want to regenerate, I just want to die, and then touched on it a couple of times during the episode, it, just in the fact that he just kind of referenced it. And then at the end, he was like, oh, well, what's another go around? Yeah. <laughs> Why like, not just keep flying around in my box, saving the world? Um, yeah, Jodie Whittaker, not much to go on, really. Nope. Um, Literally nothing. <laughs> but going forward, I do think it's, you know, the show has been around for a long time. Yes. As a show since 63, it's been in existence. but it's only been sort of cancelled twice. In the in the rebooted sense, it's been around... 12 years. 12 years. So it, it doesn't, it did need something. You know, and as much as I enjoy Capaldi's Doctor, it kind he's of the best Doctor. It was kind of. I will a, fight you if you say otherwise. He's the third best, but best. anyway, you're wrong. It's his Doctor was kind of analogous, 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 analogous. There you Similar go. to, similar to the first Doctor. So like the first Doctor, this new regeneration cycle, kind of had the same traits as the original Doctor, yeah. which is why he was in this episode. We'll talk about that time in a second before we move on. But it was kind of like okay, I'm not one of those guys who are like oh about time it's a woman like i think it's a good thing it's a woman it's it's yeah. it's, it's 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 about time they tried it mm. but also it is the kind of thing the show needed to give it a fresh dynamic so everything changes now like, like you don't know how anything works anymore like you know. yeah she has a vagina what happens when she has a vagina yeah i mean you know the, the, the relationships are different the relationships with her historic foes are different so it's very very interesting uh, before we move on, Gar, to the, the meat of this podcast, which is Star Wars, what did you think of the first Doctor being in this episode? Do you think it was effective, or do you think it was just kind of a gimmick that they... I have no relationship to him, though. Like, 
I'm sure for people that love the classic series and have watched those, it's like, oh, look at them, like, revisiting the beats and showing, like, oh, geez, wasn't he a fierce sexist at the time? <laughs> yeah. But uh, I have no relationship with the first Doctor, so I've there's there's nothing, there's no reference point for me. I think it was neat when they were, like, showing the old footage. It's like, oh, look, this footage, they're paying respect to the past. But other than that, it's just like, ah, it's just a means to an end. David Bradley is a very good actor. He did the, the first Doctor, uh, from what I've seen of him. I've only watched a little bit of the old series mm. in terms of his run. The first Doctor, he did him very good justice, very very faithful portrayal. I kind of like that they tied the first Doctor's regeneration into the canon uh, in the sense that he, like Capaldi, did not want to regenerate, you know. Or maybe he was scared because he didn't understand it. Cause, um, He's never mu- done it before. Exactly. As much as there's hints that he might have, that, you know, as far as we know, he hadn't done it before. So I thought that was kind of cool, and like them both accepting their fate was a nice payoff at the end. Like you know, yes. Um, I just would like to see them explore the kind of, you know, doctors kind of inner turmoil, but maybe actually wanting to to end it. You wanted you wanted them to tie the noose around his neck, step onto the top of the TARDIS, and go, "It is my time!" Before a vision of Clara shows up, it's like. No, Doctor! You must save the world! That's what you wanted, is it? it? See, the episode had the whimsy and the lightness that I would like out of a Christmas episode, but they 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 went for that and, and kind of abandoned that kind of turmoil and that kind of, you know, plot point until the end. And I just thought that could have been explored more, but that's just my opinion. Can we talk about how needy Pokemon Go is? Oh, well, Gareth, I suppose <laughs> anyone who's listening, you know, waiting for Star Wars, you're going to be waiting a while because we seem to be rambling from one point to another. Um, I haven't played it in about a year. Uh, I gave up on it. I find it very... Um, I suppose I work on behalf of a, a large mobile game company now. I have mm-hmm. a bit of inner workings to how it works. And um, they do anything they can to keep you playing and keep you coming back again. Yeah, it's just like an hour ago. They're like, congrats, trainer. You're more than halfway to level 24. Join millions of Pokemon Go trainers leveling up this week. It's like, one, leave me alone. And two, like, and then an hour later, it's like, discounted boxes are now available in the game featuring raid passes, lucky eggs, and star pieces until January 4th. It's like, leave me alone. Fair enough, I've enabled push notifications. This is my fault. But... Leave me alone, Pokemon Go. I like your game. I haven't played it in like six months. I, I played it for a while when they released the Johto Pokemon. I did because they released the, the Hoenn Pokemon a couple of weeks ago, and I haven't I haven't gone near them. But yeah, I like your game, Pokemon Go. Leave me alone. How about that Star Wars? Yes, Star Wars is good. I had some interesting points about mobile games and how they okay. But anyway, we'll, we'll, that's another day. We'll talk about that if you want to some other time. But Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Bye. Nah, 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 nah. Uh, we'll get content ID'd if I go any further that was like a pitch perfect rendition of the John Williams Star Wars theme but it is an interpretation so technically we can't be sued yeah it's a cover leave me alone Disney eh. yeah it's people have to I'm, I'm, I'm almost reluctant to say it's a divisive film because the people who love it are like how can you possibly not also love it and the people who are like I don't think many well there's some people that hate it and they're like irrational and they're like Ryan Johnson should be banned from making films and this film should be removed from the Star Wars canon to which I say shut up nerds go away but yeah I was the same I think like headline points by the way spoilers um, the first or the last 40 minutes of the film are tremendous yes the first the other hour 50 are pretty crappy <laughs> It doesn't. It doesn't need to be two hours long. First of all, it's uh, two and a half. Two, oh go my on. god! It's two and a half. <laughs> yeah. Like, ugh, it's just like no Star Wars film should be that long. Well, but it somehow it still felt undercooked. Yeah, it was uh, the whole plot. Like people have been 
the it, it hinges on the fact that the admirable lady does not tell Poe her plan. So he goes off concocting all sorts of schemes instead. One, people are like, oh, well, why would an admirable tell uh, admiral tell her her plan? Well, he, he was about to start a mutiny, that's why. <laughs> well, at that stage, she's like, oh, well, we're actually going to do this thing. We're going to lure them to this planet, this abandoned base. We're going to set up there and make her last stand. To which he said, oh, pretty good plan, I guess. Okay. <laughs> so if they told him that, the entire film, the entire, like, dramatic tension of the film or the, the, the whole side plots that bury out of that, they go away. And suddenly the film becomes an hour, 50 minutes long. And the film becomes a lot more tolerable, but apparently that's not something you can do. It was extremely contrived in the way that they kind of stretched it. Like, they they all scattered in this film, which felt like a mistake in the first place. It, it, it just, yeah, it, and it, it didn't feel natural, did it? Yeah. It's just like, Ray, okay, like, you, you understand why she separated. That's, that's a whole important part of the film. But, like, the whole breaking Poe off into his own warping away, which... Well, I'll talk about that in a minute. That annoys the hell out of me that the whole film is built around the fact that they can't warp without being tracked and he warps away without being tracked. And the, I, I had a big Twitter argument with people about this yesterday and they were like, oh, well, he could... Tying themselves in knots. It's like they ran out of fuel. It's like he can't warp to somewhere that has fuel in all of the universe, Ken. All of space can't find spaceships. It's dumb. And like their whole plan is basically to walk to their doom and hope someone saves them instead of saying, hey, we can send some people away and rally some ships or get something instead of just sitting here on our slow and inevitable crawl toward death, which in the first place is a bad plot because it's just kind of dumb. It's like, oh, we can stay just out of range of them being able to blow us up. That's stupid. Yeah, I feel like I've seen that story so many times where like, we're hanging on by a thread. We're hanging on by a thread like for two hours. Yeah. And it's like... There's only so much Carrie Fisher looking pensively into the distance can maintain the drama of your film. There's only so much she can do. I feel like splitting up the main characters also, like, it feels like that they're on missions, but, like, they don't feel like they went anywhere mm. in this film that much, you know? Uh, also, that bit on the, the casino planet was far too long. I think everyone accepts that. I think even, like, the people who like this film are like... Yeah, that side plot was pointless. <laughs> but I feel like I saw that Twitter trend. I feel like if people come up with this range of reasons to justify why it's not stupid, mm. it is stupid. Like, as I said, the core problem, I, I didn't like the framing, as I said in the first place, of like, oh, we can stay just out of range of the ships. How convenient that not one ship can come and blow us up. But that's, that's okay, I'll accept that as a dramatic part of the film. Fine. But like, the whole crux of the thing is that they can't warp away because they'll be tracked. They can track the warping now. Whoa. So wherever they go, uh, the First Order will follow and murder them. Fair enough. That's that's the core of your dramatic tension. But then Finn just goes and warps away. And I'm just like, why doesn't everyone do this? Well, And they said, oh, they only have one, so much fuel and only so many ships. Go away. Get more ships. Come back. Warp away again. Instead of your slow crawl toward death, do something. And if, if none of that was there, if Finn stayed there the whole time and they got rid of that side plot, I'd accept that as just... As I said, I, I don't like it. I think it's dumb as a framing device, but I'll accept it. But when they undercut it, when they're like, we can't warp away, and then someone warps away, Ken, the film is dumb. I think that's a case of classic kind of storytelling where you kind of paint yourself into a corner. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, damn. Like, how do we <laughs> how do we advance the plot? <laughs> Literally, so like, basically, this whole plot, it's interesting in itself, and it does work to an extent, but it literally grinds the plot to a halt if you're a yeah. writer and then having to get out of that they basically did that in the most lazy way possible it was like well he got away with it basically yeah and then it went to, that, to this other planet and it's a really long mm. sequence of them 
trying to get this tracker or no this master hacker is it yes which they didn't even get no and then they got Benicio Del Toro who felt like he walked in from a different film he felt like the the collector from Guardians of the Galaxy yes he just looked like a sore thumb like I think um, I think like what's I think one of the best things we can do is compare the first film in a minute but I think one of the just as a quick point one of the the great things that the first film did was they introduced uh, an unknown cast Mm. so you going like okay? I don't know who this guy is. I only just see them in small things, but I can see this person as Ray. I see this person as Finn. I don't associate them all any any of them with any major roles. But then you're just like, oh yeah, that's Benicio del Toro. Oh, that's Laura Dern. Do you know that? Like, like yeah, especially Benicio del Toro doing his Benicio del Toro act, yeah. as you said, li- literally lifted straight from Guardians of the Galaxy, doing the, a weirder voice even. And we'll talk about uh, like the, there's the little plot hole where he somehow knows the entire plan of the resistance. But if you look at the entire film, there's no point where he could have found out the plan. Yeah, at best, at best, he overhears a small conversation, yeah. and suddenly he knows the intricacies of their plan. When the two people off on another planet, Ken, don't know the intricacies of this plan. And you know what makes that even dumber? That that big plan was a big secret, and now this guy, this guy over here, we were like, oh, the reason she didn't tell Poe is because you don't doesn't trust them. Which one is stupid? because he just blew up a first order ship so yeah he just blew up a giant star destroyer to gain their tr- I don't know, that's dumb that's a dumb argument but two oh so nobody knows the plan so it's a big secret how did he find out <laughs> they didn't even establish how he found out he just happened to know and all it takes is like 30 seconds of a scene where, I, I, where like he's skulking behind a corner and they're talking about the plan and he sees the plan you know and i'd hazard a guess that scene was probably shot yeah and they cut it and i'm like that scene was probably essential. Otherwise, your film just seems kind of dumb that he betrays them and they know what to do now to kill them. And it's just like, what? Also, also, very random aside, but when they're shooting the ships as they're flying away, they happen to conveniently not shoot any of the lead cast ships. Yeah. And I'm just like, come on. Well, I suppose <laughs> I know, filmmaking I'm... in general <laughs> falls apart with, with fantasy. But, but like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> and again, there's they could have had, it's like, oh, we should swarm the, the freaking Leia ship so she doesn't get shot. Again, problem solved. Yeah. You know, they're protecting the, the important ship. But instead, they're just all flying and they happen not to shoot the right one. Come on. Especially since they've got, it's well established that they're outmatched. They've got oodles and oodles of manpower mm. they could have crushed them anytime they want that was my main problem like, yeah, it, like, it felt like they should have been able to the first order like like, why aren't they just crushing them mm. it's just it was very contrived yeah I didn't uh, like that entire setup um, that was dumb. another thing like this is a trilogy mm. and, and you gotta ask yourself why is it a trilogy like yep. you know is it a trilogy because the other ones are trilogies is it because trilogies make money mm. is it because it's just a Hollywood thing you make three because like this felt like a mid trilogy movie in the same way that The Hobbit had that mm. Nobody really went to any. Nobody really went anywhere. Nothing really happened. There was some cool set pieces, as I said, and we'll talk about them in a minute. Mm-hmm. But really, I came out of it, and like even now, I've only seen it once. I do think it's worth another watch. I plan to see it again. I actually hope to see it again before we recorded this, but that didn't work out. I don't remember much. I couldn't say much that happened. Or you well, know. like my big problem was like Ray's big character arc here is she embraces the Force, yeah. which she did in the first film. You know, yeah. and probably a lot better. Her going toe to toe with Kylo Ren as an illustration of her like uh, inner power and the Force was a better illustration than her managing to move some rocks, which I think was a decent gag, but could have been better executed. Um, Kylo, like the big thing here is like, oh, he's a man for himself. He's he's abandoning the past. Him killing Han Solo was a much better illustration of that very plot point than him killing Snoke. 
And, uh, like, Poe doesn't go anywhere. He's just a hothead who people get mad at. And Finn doesn't go anywhere. He just now is in the love triangle now with, with Rose as well as Rey. That's going to be a thing in the next film, I'd say. Great. And, like, all the character development, they did a better job of establishing the exact same character beats in The Force Awakens. And the funny thing was, they did no character development. As you said, the characters didn't really move anywhere. Mm. But they somehow burned through a load of stuff that was supposed to be, like, I, that, like most people would have assumed would pay off through the entire trilogy yeah. if there is a need for a trilogy like you know what are Rey's origins mm-hmm. what will Kylo Ren do mm-hmm. etc Kylo Ren uh, betrays Snoke and kills him another thing another plot hole this is full of plot holes actually that's probably yeah. we, we could probably do a podcast and just about uh, the plot holes alone if the whole thing is like I saw into his mind I saw that you were having a relationship I saw I controlled the whole thing how come you couldn't see that he was pointing his, a lightsaber towards you and intended to kill you yeah um, which Again, they could have explained away. They could have, uh, in some way, suggested that, oh, Kylo is now more powerful than Snoke. Oh my god, he's unstoppable. Yeah. But they didn't do that. You have to you have to put that in there yourself. And if you need to connect those threads, and like uh, people will go, oh, well, you should, have, uh, you should have to think about a film. It's like, no, that's just them not filling in gaps in their own story. And this burned, they burned through a bunch of stuff. Uh, what are Rey's origins? Apparently she's a nobody. And I do like that. I, 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 feel, I have mixed feelings. First of all, I, I, I like it because it kind of said like she doesn't have to be and it, it is a trope that that Lucas she's been, a Skywalker right, oh. been, has been accused of using in the past that oh the special one basically she's or, a uh, Kenobi oh the, the, the king the, the uncrowned king basically yep. you know that I can understand but like just as that she's a, a, a person who's born who's strong with the force who's a woman mm. I think that's it's it's you know it's, it's and I think it sets up what will be a big thing in the next film where the force is not like a special exclusive thing to people but it's within everybody something like that some well not everybody but you know it's it's it it can emerge but like it just doesn't have to be some big reveal in the same ilk of as the first trilogy so i i I did really like that she's just she's just a person she's special in her own way yeah but i didn't like the way that colorance went oh your parents are nobodies yeah literally it was a throwaway line almost like you know it felt like it could have been a bigger moment and I felt like it could have caused her more turmoil mm. where her reaction was non-existent and then the next scene she's just fighting and like you don't see any kind of like you know her reeling from the fact that you know that she's nobody like there, there, there should be more interesting yeah, that more her parents interesting have abandoned her and they're scumbags and nobody loves her there should be, there should <laughs> that, be some, that should hit you a little harder exactly and there should be some some interesting development there but it just kind of she kind of brushed it off and then she kind of started moved. moving some rocks and everything is fine yeah so I don't really understand that um yeah, and like, don't get me wrong. Like the way we were talking about this movie, we're we're basically burying and saying. Yeah, like, I think this film is fine. Yeah, I don't think this is a great film. I don't think it's a terrible film. It's an entertaining watch, but if you poke holes in it, it falls apart. And like I said a moment ago, we we, we can compare it to the first one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I watched recently. I actually put it on at work because we were watching Christmas movies, which was quite fun. Because the Force um, Awakens is everybody's favorite Christmas movie. I, I've talked to well, it was it was released at Christmas, it was, so it's a bit of a stretch, but but like. I, you know, we talk about movies a lot in the podcast that we've done. We've done a review of The Force Awakens. They did yeah. that on the weekend show. Yeah. We but love that film. We love that film. And, the, you know, what I come back to all, always when I talk about films, and you know this, is the way it makes me feel. Mm-hmm. And even watching it two years later on a smaller screen, I felt that sense of excitement and, and like, giddiness. And, like, you know, I was so refreshed by it that I just didn't feel in this one. I felt like it kind of, it didn't quite dip to mid uh, prequel trilogy's levels of low, mm. but it felt like it kind of relied on being Star Wars a lot more than yep. the, the you know like oh it's Star Wars people 
we'll buy it, you know. Because the prequel trilogies are just kind of boring more than anything else, and this yeah. film wasn't boring. You you can't you can't call this film boring. No, a lot of, a lot of stuff happened, but it just didn't feel like it landed. Yep, no, no, I, I, just, I just didn't feel it. As you said, I just didn't. And like, I think the Force Awakens is a super elegant piece of filmmaking yeah. because it had to be pr- uh, sequel. A kind of a remake and a reboot all wrapped in one that's what they went yeah. for and they nailed it and people will go oh it kind of uh, retreated the last Star Wars but they introduced Foe Pe- Fo, Pe- that's their shipping name yeah. Finn Poe and Rey as yeah. these new like tenpole characters of the series and they did a really good job of establishing who they are and what they believe in and then they did nothing with them in this film but that's why I, I love I love that film and also uh, I think I was actually thinking about this the other day and it, it kind of annoyed me when I thought about it it's like they kind of brush off the death of Han Solo yeah that's like the big thing at the end of the last film and it kind of means nothing in this film Ray does kind of she's super angry yeah she's angry for a while you know every time she sees Kylo she's like oh you killed Han I'm angry but then she kind of like no let's be friends yeah <laughs> it's just like what we can we can we can change this together I know you're not evil but... you, just, you just murdered the, my mentor or whatever fair enough she knew Han Solo for 30 seconds but my mentor uh, what became a, a, a father figure briefly and you just murdered him and now it's like I hate you wait let's be friends you're appearing to me in visions friends friend yeah. friend force friends <laughs> Um, but like, if you look at The Force Awakens, you take out the fact that it's a Star Wars film mm-hmm. because that carries a weight in itself and an expectation. Yes. Objectively, it's a great piece of filmmaking and it's a beautiful piece of filmmaking. In mm-hmm. car- in, like, just in terms of the scales, the location, the scales, the locations, it music. had the pew- music, music. It had the pew 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 pew. We mm-hmm. all want that. We all want that. Out of Star Wars. We want the the scroll with the start with the Star Wars theme and the mm-hmm. the cool. I don't. Did the the prequel trilogy have those cool like retro? late 70s 80s cuts I don't I don't think they did did they I don't think they did I don't remember that but I really liked about The Force Awakens that they had the same like editing principles as the original trilogy did yeah. which was a neat touch I guess my main disappointment and this film had that too in I, fairness I guess my main disappointment came from the fact that I compared it so much to the original mm-hmm. that made me feel so good so good and, and so happy. like like almost elated because it basically it's a good film it, it elevated the you know it elevated itself above just being a Star Wars movie, like, mm. it, like it's just, like, like it's just an amazing film, and like, and that that film was about Ray, Poe, and Finn. Yeah, this film was about Leia, Luke, and yeah. to a degree, Ray, but Ray falls into the background. You, and it was about Kylo. In fairness, it was about Luke, Leia, and Kylo. Like the number, as I said, the number of shots of of Carrie Fisher just staring into the distance, looking concerned, is yeah. is worrying. <laughs> like my main feeling on this coming out was it was good I mean I was entertained by it I, I can't say it was bad I'm not gonna mm. I'm not gonna be one of those people like it was bad it's terrible it didn't need to exist and I said I think the last 40 minutes are real good once they like, get onto that last planet yeah it's real good that's some really good stuff that bit with Luke at the end that's some that's that that, that made me that made me squeal a little bit yeah it's, it's, it's very good it's very good but it does beg the question like did it need to be a trilogy could they have done something just as effective in two films you know well it could have been a trilogy if they made a better second film yeah. <laughs> like I don't care how many films they make as long as all the films are good and I don't think this film is good also Ken it's something that you cannot unhear once you hear it Miss Piggy and Yoda are the same oh they're definitely the same I know they're done they're both done by Frank Oz but like I never heard it until he showed us again uh, you've listened to the spoilers the biggest one in the film is Yoda's in it but I did like the cameo though it yeah it, I, I thought it was a lovely moment but once you hear Miss Piggy in Yoda you cannot unhear Miss Piggy in Yoda yeah that's true <laughs> it's I, just like hi <laughs> that's <laughs> all the short there's two things that I noticed about that as well one thing 
they actually returned to practical effects for Yoda, which which I re- nice. I really really liked. Yeah, yeah. I, li- I prefer the puppet than the weird green mush CG that could flip and do backflips and do mm. weird stuff. But um, um, if, I suppose one thing like it it was a more Star Warsy film than the first. Yeah, I, I said the first the first one kind of elevated elevated itself to be more than a Star Wars film because it's objectively a very good film, mm-hmm. even if it was just a space adventure film. Yep. But if anybody um, says The Last Jedi is better than The Force Awakens, I'll fight you. It's if, not. If you're coming to this film looking for Star Warsy things, you're not going to see a lightsaber for about two hours. Yep, it's, um, it's basically like like the original trilogy, or the prequel trilogy had some of that as well. It's just like, come on, give me a lightsaber fight. <laughs> and you want that. That's what you want out of it. So, Though in fairness, the prequel trilogy does have the best lightsaber fight. The, the Darth Maul duel one. <sighs> so, like, poor Liam Neeson dies. Are, do you subscribe to the, the fact that the the Kylo Ren lightsaber is uh, impractical and useless. Well, no. I'm just mad about the Star Wars continuity because the double-sided lightsaber exists in the earliest stages of that franchise in the timeline and no one else uses it. And why wouldn't you? Because it's badass. Exactly! That's what I mean. It's like, why is not everybody in the world not using a double-sided lightsaber? Because it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean... It's just weird because like... It it just felt clumsy. it, It felt clumsy and... It suffered from from mid mid trilogy syndrome that it kind of didn't want to go too far, but yet it was it kind of uh, uh, oxymoron in the sense that it blew through a load of stuff that we thought okay. was going to be through the whole trilogy. So that kind of begs the question for me. My next question for you guys: Where do you think this is all going, and do you care where it's going at this point? Rain Kylo, like that's that's the core of what this film is. I thought like even the Luke Ray Kylo stuff kind of worked. Yeah. As I said, I thought they blew off the death of Han Solo a little nonchalantly. Mm-hmm. Even like for people like Leia and Chewie, and like even when Luke finds out that Han died, it's all just kind of like, okay. Oh, man. This is like the one of the biggest characters in the series, and he's dead, and everyone's just like, well, we've got to move on, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I thought that but that's a broadly worked. Like, the, the relationship between them worked. But all that stupid spaceship stuff didn't it's just it's dumb it's yeah. boring the the entire setup is just contrived and clumsy if you take all that out and just set this on the last planet even like as I said if you took the space because they were set on a planet in the first place weren't yeah. they and they flew out of that yep. if you literally just set this film on the planet and they're trying to hold off defences if you, if that's the framing device of this film while Ray is off training it's a much better film <laughs> and even if Finn went to try and get help like if, if, you, could, like, yeah, if you get rid of all the warp stuff exactly yeah. that wouldn't be a problem anymore you have this one uh, but then you'd be like why didn't he just go get yeah he's still trying to get help yeah, yeah. So he doesn't have to go to get this hacker to destroy the ship so they can't be tracked and all oh it's terrible so it's a very easy fix I do think um, especially based on the last scenes of the film that we're we're due a time jump in the the third film I think the film starts with like Leia's funeral yeah I think that's because obviously Carrie Fisher has passed away I think that's the best way to do it and like you have a bunch of new Jedi trainees and uh, how far do you do 10 years maybe well, they've already said that they're not going to CG Carrie Fisher, so they're yeah. going to kill her off in some way. So, as, as I said, I think that and I, it would be a huge emotional punch. like uh, Not to exploit real death for artistic filmmaking purposes, but like starting the film with like a funeral based around Leia would would give the film some emotional gravitas immediately. So, Yeah, I feel like the, at the very least, if you're going to have a mid, mid-trilogy film, and that, that doesn't do a whole lot, but still solidly entertaining. It should at least set up stakes for the third one. Mm. I don't feel like there's... like I know there's going to be a big showdown between Kylo and Rey at some point, mm. but I just don't feel like... The, I don't feel like the stakes... Are, like I know there's some kind of spark of a resistance and there's going to be a big confrontation, but I don't feel the stakes warrant... I'm going to still see it, but I don't feel the anticipation mm. I did 
for the second one based on what I got from the first one. Yeah, I don't need to see like the climax of the like I don't have lingering questions to be answered. Yeah. It's like who will Finn choose? Ray or Rose? <laughs> That's will, not something I have any interest in. Will Kylo redeem himself or will he destroy himself? Yeah, probably destroy himself. And like the the whole Darth Vader thing is he comes good in the end. It's kind of done that. But even if we've kind of done that, I don't mind it. But if it, it, I don't think it was all that effective. And as I said, I think Rey and Kylo are the exact same place now as they were at the end of Force Awakens. And Force Awakens did a better job of putting them there than this film did. Uh, it's, part of me feels a little bit nuts because anybody I've talked to, some people are on the fence about it. Yeah. I haven't seen anybody that's been overtly negative, but most people are saying, oh, it's great. It's, yeah. it's really... Well, in fairness, there are, you, you haven't been on the internet enough. This, yeah. this film has caused the real Star Wars, Ken, yeah. are people giving out about this film on the internet. But... Yeah. Like for, like, for me, like anyone that I talk to, you know, who's the casual movie going fan, like who's not a huge Star Wars fan or not a film critic, basically, mm-hmm. kind of either kind of like, yeah, it's all right, or. Absolutely yeah, it's really good. It. It's yep. it's as good as the first one. It's really you know, I, this is a great trilogy, and I, I don't agree, but I also don't think I I I'm not, I don't want to go as far as say it's a really bad film. It's not, but I just don't think I don't think it did enough to set up, to, to kind of set up a big finish that I want to see. Yeah, it's decent. It hovers in that middle ground where there's good stuff and bad stuff, but I think the bad stuff is pretty bad, but the good stuff is also pretty good. I think one... that's the reason I, that's the reason it's so decisive because the highs are high and the lows are just kind of crappy. Yeah. So like, if you look at the highs, you're like, look at all these highs, and if you look at the lows, it's like, well, it's kind of crappy. <laughs> I felt like I got more highs in the first one. And no lows. I did. I don't think that there's a pro- there's, no there, there's a solitary problem in that first film. I think that first film was tremendous. Do you think it it kind of bring JJ back? Is <laughs> well, he is back for the third he one. That, that was a point I was just about to make. Do you think it was a mistake getting three different directors? Well, no, no it was. It's, it's come back to two. Do, do, do you think it? Do you think that why it lacks lacks a kind of a visual and kind of a story coherence because it's three different directors? It, it's not even the, like it's not even the coherence relative to the Force Awakens. It's the coherence within the film itself. That's my problem. It doesn't have any. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's Star Wars. It's a good. You should you should probably see it, even just to engage in the cultural conversation around why people hate it and love it. You should probably see it. It's also like, it's a fun film. Yeah. I, I can't pretend it's bad. Yoda shows up and strikes a tree with lightning, and you're happy. Plus, <laughs> um, we're about to get into Oscar season, so the the fun films are going to be far and few between. So hmm. I think I switched. I think I did that wrong way around. That saying, yeah. few and far between. There, there you go. go. Uh, so I'd give it. Uh, out of five, I'd give it... Six. Six? Yeah, I'd go six. I mean, nice. You can give it six out of five. Oh, out of five? Jeez. Okay, divide that by th- five, th- two, two, three. I'd give it... A, uh, Maybe two yeah. and a half. Two, uh, I'm going out, to... out of five, you forced me to mold it to, to, to <laughs> a, a five out of ten instead of a six. Because yeah. three seems high out of five, but six out of ten seems fine, even though it's the same thing. I'm, I'm going for a two and a half. Mm-hmm. As in, I'm not sure yet. What do I want? I, I, like, I, I will see the third. I will see the third one, but I don't want to see it. Does mm. that make difference? Does, does that make sense? Yeah, I don't have that driving urge. I'm not like, I oh, can't wait until 2019 Christmas. Actually, no, it's summer sometime, isn't it? Yeah, they're gonna go. For... It's actually summer 2019. Either way, it's, it's slightly sooner. But maybe that's the problem. Maybe they're they rushed the script. The script felt rushed. It felt like they didn't. It could have done with a few more passes just to be like, well, why is he going away? Why can't he go away when the others can't? How does this guy know the plan? Yeah. But yeah, that's the Star Wars. The what's this called? The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi. Watch the Force Awakens. It's a better film. This yeah. film is fine. Ken, plugs anything? Um, the weekend show will return. Sure. I, I say this every time, but it will. Promise. Um, I'm doing some blogs for the Voxford website. I'm writing about kind of. Uh, you have the word "millennium" in the title, which makes me vomit instinctively. But that wasn't my choice. But because uh, <laughs> uh, apparently, it grabs readers. It's called "Millennials at Work." 
Um, just, to can, make, just to make millennials mad. You probably won't find the, the Vox Pro website, which is my employer. So check out uh, at Ken Kidney at Twitter, on Twitter to find those. Um, I've got some good traction from them, though. I think a, few, a lot of people feel in the same boat. It's kind of, you know, the experience of the last 10 years where things have been kind of tougher than they have in a long time. And, yeah, the generation before us ruined the world and we're dealing with those problems. Yeah, and I've got a, a good few people kind of give me feedback that they kind of, kind of resonated with them. So if you want to check those out, um, I'm going to try and start podcasting again. My New Year's resolution is to try and do more creative stuff because it's actually, you know, we haven't podcasted in a long time and doing these articles is a give me a little bit of a boost but I suppose uh, someone said to me recently I can't remember I might have read it somewhere that you know the day to day grind of kind of just having to kind of make a living kind of stifles creativity or you know so you get home at like well I have a weirder schedule than you do but even if like you get home at 5 or 6 actually no you work shift work Yeah, you get home at 5 or 6 or later and you're just like oh, I want to lounge and watch TV and do nothing it's like you know, watch the same stuff I've watched before because people are like oh well it's just a podcast it does require effort and thought and like even just time <laughs> But I do think just being that daily grind and kind of being in an office environment, as you know, it kills your soul. A little bit. It does kind of. <laughs> no, like so. Like because when I was a kid, it's something I engaged in. It's something I I fostered and I nurtured, and it came naturally to me. I'm finding accessing that imagination and accessing that kind of creativity harder. Actually, as in I had to make an effort at it. I think that's kind of linked to being an adult and being in a austere kind of businessy world where <laughs> harsh realities have set in. But um, so that's one of my things in 2018, just to make a, an effort to kind of to put that time in and foster it again and not let it die, because I think that's important. Ken is a cold, lifeless automaton now. He yes. just pushes the buttons on the computer that his employers tell him to push. So I'm going to try and retrieve my soul in 2018. That sounds really grim, but uh, yeah, that's one of my things. That is the show for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Next week, me and Barry talk all about the film that is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. A good film, but eh, some reservations. Find out about that next week. You can listen to new episodes of Podcast a Week every single week at soundcloud.com forward slash TWSKK. You can subscribe by searching for the TWS Network on iTunes or follow me on Twitter at GarrettKidneyGA or E-T-T-K-I-D-N-E-Y. Thanks for listening and bye-bye. <laughs>